Mean Old Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Y'all, I actually cannot believe that we're already in the last week of September. Now, if you're anything like me, right after Halloween, because, you know, that's what we're coming up on, Halloween, you're pulling out Christmas trees. Now, I know that's like, it's people like, that's extreme. Well, no, it's not. Is there anybody else that does that too? Like, do you decorate after Halloween for Thanksgiving? Or do you actually go straight to Christmas? Now, for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to decorate for just the month of November. It's not even a whole month. It's like 26, 27 days that you're decorating for Thanksgiving. And then you got one month of Christmas. Why not just decorate for two months of Christmas? Christmas decorations cost a lot of money. And so does Thanksgiving. So for me, I set up directly for Christmas. There's no, I give thanks on Thanksgiving. But I am not buying pumpkins and harvest leaves and things like that. I am decorating Winter Wonderland come November 1st. <laughs> I'm pulling all the things out and I'm starting a Christmas shop. October, I'm starting a Christmas shop. I'm that person. And this year I'm hosting Christmas. So there'll be a lot of Christmas cheer and a lot of pre-decorating. We might even start pulling out stuff in October because we're hosting Christmas. We got excited, but. Anyway, let me know what you guys do. If you guys skip straight to Christmas, anybody else doing the Christmas countdown? I think I might have to start doing Christmas countdown on uh, on on Instagram and Facebook just to see who else is celebrating with me an extended Advent calendar. So this week we're getting some serious. You know, the CDC recently gave some new recommendations, so we're going to talk about one of those recommendations in details, and that is the RSV vaccine. Now, traditionally, you've probably heard about this vaccine for children as a way to prevent severe respiratory disease from RSV, which stands for respiratory syncytial virus. Now, RSV or respiratory syncytial virus is a common respiratory virus that usually causes mild cold-like symptoms. Now, most people recover from that in about two weeks. And so there's a lot of people that probably walk around thinking they have the flu, that may actually have RSV, especially if you're exposed to small children. But RSV can be serious. Infants and older adults, because the immune system is compromised, are more likely to develop severe forms of RSV that require hospitalization. RSV can cause severe infections such as bronchiolitis, which is an inflammation or, you know, congestion, inflamed small airway, Um, spaces in the lung and pneumonia which is an infection of the lung and it is most common uh, it's the most common cause of bronchiolitis and pneumonia in children younger than age one rsv is the leading cause of hospitalization for uh, in the u.s for all infants Um, so luckily this new vaccine came out that's now recommended during pregnancy this is a new vaccine it's Pfizer's bivalent RSV pre-F vaccine. And the trade name is Abrivzo. 
Abrizvo, Abrizvo, A-B-R-Y-S-V-O-T-M. Now, I don't know why people call, pick these crazy trade names, but uh, we're going to just call it RSV pre-F vaccine because that is the generic name. Now, it's been shown to reduce the risk of RSV hospitalizations for babies by 57% in the first six months after birth. That's huge, y'all. 57% reduction. The CDC recommends seasonal administration of one dose of the RSV vaccine for pregnant people during weeks 32 through 36. The vaccine is one of two new tools they have this season to protect babies against severe RSV. Now, the vaccine works by mounting an immune response in the mom, creating antibodies against RSV. Remember, those antibodies can cross the placenta and into the breast milk when breastfeeding to give some the baby's natural immunity. Now, remember, babies don't have a good immune system, okay? They don't make their own antibodies until six months. And so that's why when we say breast is best, nutritionally, breast milk is the same as formula. No added nutritional value. The, the biggest value is immunity. The antibodies that you get in the breast milk, you can't get antibodies in formula. And so antibodies in the breast milk is what makes breast milk more superior. And so if you, if you have a vaccine um, that's caused you to mount some antibodies, now those RSV vaccines you can give, not vaccines, so RSV antibodies you can give to your baby when breastfeeding to help your baby uh, fight off this vaccine when it comes in contact with the virus. So that can thus reduce your risk of the baby getting the virus itself or if the baby gets the virus the virus won't be as severe because the baby already has some antibodies um, in in its body so the two options to protect your baby according to the cdc are one getting the vaccine the rsv vaccine if you are 32 36 weeks pregnant during rsv season which is like now um, the vaccine is recommended during September through January, okay? Flu season, RSV season. And this is for most of the United States, this is what's recommended. And this is because RSV is typically fall and winter, okay? The seasonality of RSV season may vary depending on where you live and the state and the, or the territorial health departments may recommend a different timing depending on when they see the spikes of RSV in the flu. So make sure you talk to your provider and look at the uh, your local health department recommendations for the timing of that. Now, getting an RSV antibody immunization for your baby is also the second option, and that's if they are younger than eight months and born during or entering their first RSV season. In rare cases, a healthcare provider may determine an RSV immunization is needed for an infant, even though the mother received an RSV vaccine. Okay. So either you can get the vaccine and that gives the baby some natural antibodies, or you can get your baby vaccinated itself um, if your baby is younger than eight months and will be seeing the first RSV season. Talk to your provider about what is best for you, depending on the timing of when you're delivering. And uh, let's do what we have to do to keep these babies safe. Um, a dose of the RSV antibody is recommended also, just of note, for children between ages of 8 and 19 months entering their second RSV season who are at least in one of these groups, okay? If you have children with chronic lung disease from being born prematurely, they need it. 
children who are severely immunocompromised, they need it. Children with cystic fibrosis who have severe de- disease, they need it. And people that are American Indian and Alaska Native American children, they need it. So if you're in one of those four groups, then your child also needs a- another vaccine if they're entering their second RSV season. So first option, either get it in pregnancy or get your child vaccinated before eight months. Second option, and during the RSV season, second option, all right, the second the second dose, once you're going entering the second RSV season, so when your child is eight to 19 months, they need another vaccine. Basically, your child should be getting either one vaccine, if you got the vaccine, and then, you know, during the second RSV season, child gets a vaccine, or two, if you choose not to get it during the pregnancy. That means that you're giving your child a vaccine at less than eight months, and then again, the following year, okay? That's how your child would either get one vaccine itself or two vaccines. So now that we know a little more about how RSV and the vaccine work, let's go to some cases and questions. Our first case is a 25-year-old who is 26 weeks pregnant with her second child. Her oldest child, who is four years old, recently got diagnosed with RSV and has symptoms of a low-grade fever, runny nose, and a cough. As of three days ago, she also started having these symptoms. So she is concerned that she too has RSV. She no longer has a fever, but was referred to you for an ultrasound, treatment recommendations, and consultation about the risk of RSV in pregnancy. So first off, let me start by saying, usually if this was in in my, my clinic, patient has symptoms, I would first send them to get treated. I mean, tested first, right? We need to know what we're dealing with. So anytime you have symptoms of, uh, you know, a cough, runny nose, fever, chills, sore throat, body aches, you need to get tested for COVID, the flu, and RSV, especially if you have a known exposure. I would go in and tell them, hey, my child has RSV. I need to be tested. This is not something I would wait on a referral or wait on, you know, you to get an appointment a week later to get tested for. I would go to an urgent care and get tested or call your provider and say, I need to come in for testing, okay? Um, Once we know whether you're positive or negative, that can then guide us with how we are going to treat you going forward. Now, since we don't know if you have RSV or not, what we will do is make you wear a mask in clinic because we don't know what you have. You could have RSV like your child or you could have something else. So you'd have to definitely wear a mask in clinic and everybody around you would need to wear a mask. Um, They would do your ultrasound to make sure they don't see any evidence of a baby being small because when you have upper respiratory infections, that can stunt the growth of the baby. But this has only been going on for a few days, so hopefully that would not be the case. Uh, We also look for any evidence that there's some other virus that's crossed the placenta. So we're looking for calcifications in the in the brain, in the in the uh, liver. We're looking for signs of any bleeds in the brain. We're looking for evidence of the placenta looking like thicker or modeled or some placentas have a lot of calcification that would tell us maybe there's something transplacental meaning a virus that has crossed the placenta and affected the baby going on so we're looking for those things during the ultrasound the next thing we would do is definitely send you to get swabs so in my clinic we don't have those types of swabs some OBGYN clinics now especially if they've seen a lot of cases might carry RSV COVID and flu swabs um, I would also to test you for strep because that's been going around lately. But you need to get tested for those things, and then that would further guide our treatment. Let's say you came back with RSV. There's no treatment 
per se for RSV. So there's not, viruses aren't treated with antibiotics and there are not a lot of antiviral therapies to treat viruses, okay? COVID, of course, there are some regimens we use for people with severe COVID. Um, there are also regimens we use for people with mild COVID, like, you know, giving people Paxlovid outpatient. There's not a thing for RSD, okay? Um, the flu, there is, you know, Tamiflu, if you have symptoms um, and get tested positive within the first 48 hours, we can start you on Tamiflu, which shortens the course of the flu. There's nothing for RSV. So if you test positive specifically for RSV, then it's basically supportive care at home, as long as you don't have issues with shortness of breath or what's called your oxygen saturation, which is the amount of oxygen you have circulating through your blood. Um, they would check that for anybody that has lung disease. If that oxygen level, if your oxygen level is normal and you are breathing comfortably, then they send you home and do what's called supportive care. And supportive care just means that you are staying very well hydrated and you're getting rest at home. Uh, most people will have you supplement with some type of multivitamin and make sure you're replenishing your electrolytes, um, making sure that you you know, keep your hygiene up. Obviously, we want you to bathe every day. We want you to wash your hands and we want you to continue to stay hydrated. That is pretty much all you can do for a virus. If you spike a fever, it's a combination of um, acetaminophen, which is the same thing as Tylenol, and Motrin, which is the same thing as ibuprofen. It's alternating that every four hours to help make sure that you break your fever or your fever stays broken. And that can also be used to help with your, you know, sore throat if you have one or body aches and chills if you have that. Um, but that's pretty much all we do is supportive care. Tylenol, Motrin alternated every four hours. So that means you're taking a dose of Tylenol every eight hours, a dose of Motrin every eight hours. And so when you alternate in them, then you really can take them every four. So if you're taking Tylenol at 8 a.m., then you can take Motrin at 12 noon. And then you need to take your next dose of Tylenol at, you know, four hours after that at four. Does that make sense? So that's how we alternate doses of Tylenol and Motrin if you have a fever. Now, if you have a consistent fever, like it hasn't broken in 24 hours, if you're pregnant, that means you need to go to the hospital. So they will put you inpatient because we can't have somebody with that's pregnant with fever for over 24 hours. So you'll be inpatient for that. We also can't have somebody that, even if you're not pregnant, sitting at home with shortness of breath, if you can't breathe, you need to be in the hospital so we can give you oxygen, obviously. Um, but if it's RSV, it's supportive treatment would be the recommended treatment. Um, and then let's talk about risk of RSV to the pregnancy. If it's treated, then we know that there's very little risk to the pregnancy, meaning um, the risk of somebody having a small baby um, like we do see more so with COVID is not as much with an upper respiratory tract infection like RSV or the flu. We usually don't have a longstanding risk of having a small baby, but it is something we would monitor for. RSV is not known to cause birth defects or anything like that. People that do have severe upper respiratory infections, obviously if you're not getting oxygen, your baby isn't getting any oxygen either. And so sometimes that can put you at risk for having a baby that can, you know, be a stillbirth, okay? So we want to make sure you can breathe. That's the biggest thing. But if you're breathing comfortably at home, you don't have a fever and you just have some upper respiratory infection symptoms, then most of the time your OBGYN will do an ultrasound 
to follow the growth, you know, to make sure the growth does not drop down. But usually we don't see a whole bunch of complications. Now, anybody that has severe lung disease, obviously, if you have a problem with, you know, ventilating yourself, you know, you need to be in the ICU. Those are people that run a higher risk of poor oxygen delivery to the placenta, meaning the afterbirth, which could put the baby at risk for not surviving. Um, but with, with the symptoms that she's describing, that risk would be very low. So the case pearl for this case is with any exposure and flu-like symptoms, talk to your provider and take steps that you need to stop the spread of the virus to the rest of your family. And that includes getting tested, finding out what you have, maintaining your hygiene, and uh, making sure you stay well hydrated and well rested. All right, medical intern, what's our next case? This one is an email question and it says, Dr. Plenty, I have an 18-month-old child who had RSV a few months ago. So I believe I probably have already been exposed to the virus during this pregnancy. Should I still get vaccinated this pregnancy? Or do I already have enough antibodies for my baby to be safe? This is a really good question. Like if you knew that you had RSV and you had and you had antibodies, I would say perhaps you should be somebody that doesn't get the vaccine during the pregnancy and you get the baby vaccinated before eight months, right? If the, if the baby is born during the um, cold and flu season. But if your baby is going to be born in, you know, May, then then maybe you don't need the vaccine because you already have been exposed and you have antibodies and your baby's not going to be born in cold or flu season anyway. And so your baby would just need the second step, which is the vaccine between eight, uh, eight months and 18 months um, during the second RSV season. So it really depends on if you really know you have RSV or not. Now, since we don't know, because you're like, I probably was exposed. Well, that's not 100%. And so I would recommend that you get uh, vaccinated during the pregnancy between 32 and 36 weeks because we're not sure, right? And it can only help to get vaccinated. It can only give your baby natural antibodies. There's not a risk to the pregnancy. So we want to make sure that we're keeping this baby as safe as we possibly can. And I'm always in the mindset of if we can prevent giving a baby one more shot, by getting it in pregnancy and that way the baby comes out with some antibodies instead of, you know, waiting, you know, a month later when, you know, to get the baby vaccinated in the clinic, it's just always better just to get it during the pregnancy. So that way you already have some antibodies that is across the placenta and you also have those antibodies in the breast milk every day. So that helps the baby combat RSV. If you're getting it in the clinic, it's just sort of like, well, what happens before the clinic visit when your kid's a week old and hadn't had their first appointment yet? You can potentially get exposed, especially if it's during RSV cold and flu season. So that's why I always advocate if you can get it done, get it done during the pregnancy, especially now that we have it. Um, but it's up to you. That's a personal decision whether you want to get it done or whether you want to wait for your baby to get it done afterwards. But uh, I think because we don't really know that it would be safer just to err on the side of caution and get vaccinated during the pregnancy. All right, medical intern, what's our last case? This one says, I work at a hospital system that requires the flu and COVID vaccine for all employees. I'm now with the new RSV vaccine during pregnancy. That will be the third vaccine during the pregnancy. For me, 
all around the same time frame. Is it safe to get all three of these vaccines at the same time? So that's a really good question. And women are always so cautious, like, oh, I don't want to get this vaccine. Like to get the, to convince people to get the Tdap vaccine, which is tetanus, acellular pertussis vaccine to prevent whooping cough. I mean, sometimes that's a hard sell. Like we're begging people to get that um, because that also is one of those that mounts an immune response and allows the baby to have some protection because whooping cough is a real thing. Like when you hear whooping cough, it's like coughing like a dog bark. And those babies are like just wheezing between those coughs and can't breathe. And I mean, it really can um, cause severe disease. And the Tdap vaccine during pregnancy has dramatically reduced hospitalizations due to whooping cough. Um, we're prayerful that it will continue, that data will stand up and we will see a dramatic reduction in RSV emissions as well. So the CDC does not recommend any wait time. So there's nothing that says you have to wait you know, between COVID-19, the COVID-19 vaccine and the flu vaccine. And likewise, there's no recommendation that says you have to wait between the RSV vaccine and the COVID vaccine and flu shot. So you can get all of them at the same time. Okay. So it is safe to get all the vaccines at the same time, but everybody reacts a little bit different, right? Your immune system is already somewhat compromised in pregnancy. And so if you want to wait two weeks, you know, after your COVID-19 vaccine to get your flu shot and two more weeks after your flu shot to get your RSV vaccine, nobody's going to blame you for that, right? You can wait between those vaccines if that makes you feel safer just to see how sick you're going to get after each of those vaccines. That's up to you. But there's nothing that says that, that you have to wait. So if you wanted to get them all done at the same time, it is safe to have them done all around the same time. All right, medical intern, do we have any more email cases or questions? She's shaking her head no. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pro Podcast. I hope that you've learned more about the RSV vaccine and RSV itself. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate, and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. You can also check out the website, which is drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. And for goodness sakes, you guys, please catch up on the podcast. Now we have season four. So that means you got to catch up on season one two and three if you have not been a long-term listener all right you guys i hope you guys have an amazing week and remember advocate for yourself you are your biggest advocate no one knows what's going on with your body except for you thank you guys for listening Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production.